Thanks for tuning in to Luminary Sound. We got Jazz Groupies in the building. What's up, up, fam? Jazz Groupies. What's up, man? How you doing? How y'all doing, man? I'm good, bro. Doing great. Love. It's good to have you. Glad to have you. Man, I'm glad. I appreciate the love, man. Especially what y'all doing for independent artists. You know, that's that's everything right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So you know, obviously, we had you in the Luminary Sounds top ten. It probably was a surprise. You just woke up one day and you see a publication, yo. So how'd you feel when you first seen it? Man, you know, it, it's 2020 has been weird, man. It's been a weird year. Like at the beginning of the year, I was ready to uh, put out one last album and just focus okay. on producing. So it when I saw that email, uh, the DM from you guys, I said, man, that just... It's just more encouragement to keep going, man, and keep doing what, what I'm doing. You know, you know, it I'm doing something that's on, you know, like I'm on the outskirts of jazz. You know gotcha. what I'm doing. The jazz right. police, the jazz heads, you know, I, I'm I'm going against every rule that, you know, the jazz police and today's era of jazz says you shouldn't be doing. I mean, so I, yeah. Right. It's just that, more that's, encouragement. That's a beautiful thing. So Tell us how you got started in jazz, how the name came about, all of that. I know you corrected me. You said Beaumont, so we know you're from yeah. Beaumont, Texas. I got yeah, you. Yeah, man. Beaumont, Texas, man, right there outside of Louisiana, about 30 minutes from the border, about an hour from Houston. So we had a little bit of, of both cultures. You know, we had the Louisiana, the 504 boys, Master P, Catch Money. Then the we also boys, had the whole, The high boys. Know, the high boys. Then 400, then 400 also, degrees, juvenile. Yeah. BG so we, we we never knew. Yeah. yeah, we we was like, okay, are we Houston or are we Louisiana? You know, <laughs> right. But, but but how I started, man. I was a um. I started off as a producer, man. I was a, a urban hip hop producer. Um. I mentioned Five Hundred Four Boys because that was one of my biggest placements. You know, Master P and Currency. Okay. I had you know my biggest placement Peach was by the song with them. Did you get to work um, with Peach by the Pound. No, this was after their era. That's why I was able to get that opportunity. Got you, <laughs> got you. This was, this was after he parted ways with Beats About a Pound and he started working with outside producers. Got you, okay. So, uh, so, so basically, you know, but I always wanted to do jazz. I always wanted to um, infuse jazz with hip hop. That's what made me want to do, uh, make beats and start production was, you know, the 80s and the 90s sound and what, you know, like a lot of producers like Ski Beats and Easy Mo B and um, some of those, Kanye West even, you know, how they kind of, yeah, yeah, how they fuse, you know, Soul and Ninth Wonder, you know, all that was my inspiration. So, so, but I got tired of the music industry, you know, I, I, after those placements, I had a, 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 a album I worked on with Matthew Knowles when he started the Sanctuary Urban Imprint. And, um, you know, it just, I got burned out and I was young. I wasn't uh, mature. I didn't have a manager and I tried to navigate the whole music industry myself and I got burned out. So I, okay. I just stopped cold Turkey, went to corporate America. I graduated college and I said, you know, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna get a job, man. I got rid of all my music equipment and mm. I just started enjoying music as a fan, you know, like, and I reconnected with jazz. Jazz was something that my dad introduced to me when he was, a, when I was a kid, but I, I was like, you know, you know how we all are when our parents try to introduce us something to us. We, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. we ignoring it. And then, you know, as I got in my, you know, 20s, I started appreciating it again after my, my dad passed. That was kind of how I reconnected with, with him through jazz. And mm-hmm. Robert Glasper was kind of one of my, my reconnections with jazz. And he, he made me realize that, man, you know, like it, it can grow, man. You can keep, you know, you can 
respect what, you know, the foundation that was laid for Miles and Coltrane, but you can also fuse it with the future and the, the current, you know, the current sound. Yeah. So that's what made me really fall in love with jazz again. Yeah, I, I think that's that amazing. I, I, yeah, I always consider like jazz music and gospel music, like the foundation of music in general. Right. And for example, when people say, well, I don't listen to jazz and never heard jazz. My, my answer is everything that you hear now is from jazz. So, you know, yes. uh, it is, it's, it's a, it's, it's an art, it, it's an appreciate, it's like watching, like an art mm -hmm. gallery. You know, people that, you know, that um, appreciate art and, and they understand the, the artists. It's, it's very, to me, almost cultural, the people that listen to jazz music because it's, it's important. It's a piece of the history. Um, so to have you as an artist with jazz, and I heard a little biggie in there with, a, with a, one of the samples or something like yes. that. Yeah. I, just, I just think that's very cool how you kind of incorporated that with, with what's going on today and, and whatnot. Yeah, because so, so Jazz Groupies, so, you know, the, fin the ending of the story was, I was a fan. Jazz Groupies, I started it as a fan site. I, start I was not making music when I started the Jazz Groupies website and the Instagram page. Because you got jazzgroupies.com. Yes, jazzgroupies.com. And that was okay. all, all I was, my whole purpose was, I, you know, I had, um, I had kind of fallen in love with jazz again. So I started traveling and going, you know, see Robert Glasper shows. I spent a lot of time in New York. I would just go like spend a week in New York and just go on a binge of just, you know, going to the Blue Note, to Smalls, just just going to jazz clubs. And I was like, I kind of said, man, I kind of feel like a jazz groupie. I'm just, you know, I'm <laughs> taking pictures with these cats. You know, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I ain't no musician really. You know, I'm just around, you know, just was around cats, yeah. you know, that new jazz. So I, after doing that for about three years, you know, and I, I, I established relationships with all these artists, you know, and I was like, man, I, I ought to start making tracks again, you know, like mm. really like do it my way, you know, like I never did music my way. I only, I always conformed to like, you know, I was in yeah. Houston, Texas. So I was making, you know, beats for, you know, Master P and, uh, you know, the screwed up click type artists. So I wasn't able to do what I really wanted to do. I was right. conforming yeah. to, make, to make, you know, beats and get placements. And I said, I'm just gonna do it my way. I'm, it's for fun, you know. I'm not. I'm not trying to get placements. I'm just gonna make an album and just and see what happens. Take some jazz samples and top them up and see what happens. So I put out Melanesons one. Uh, Melanesons is like the Harlem Renaissance, but the Millennium version. Version. My okay. favorite so that's basically so how I came up with the content. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. SoCal is about Southern California. My dad stayed in Berkeley. He loved jazz guitar. So I took a West Montgomery sample and chopped it up. And then I, I love said, it. all right, here we I go. Love so it. Okay. Yeah. Which leads me yeah. into my next question. You kind of already answered it already. Um, just from telling us about Ski Beats. I mean, I grew up in the East Coast. So Ski Beats, I grew up with Ski Beats, uh, knowing his music. And of course, Camp Low Lucini is one of my favorite yeah. records of all time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, you, you, you mentioned Easy Mo B. Easy Mo B. Love Easy Mo B. Heavy D is one of my favorites of all time. And Easy Mo B work. I mean, Blue Funk, all of that. So mm -hmm. um, who do you say, I mean, you mentioned some of them already, but in jazz were some of your influences? Because I know it was like something your dad listened to and you kind of caught wind to it but yeah. after you caught wind to it who were some of the people i know you mentioned robert glasper i love robert glasper as well but talk to us about some of those people that are influences to you 
Well, I do it kind of in two ways. I do, you know, the classic, you know, the, the 60s, 70s, the foundation mm. artists, and then I talk about the new age artists. So when I talk about like all time favorites, you know, easy, you know, Miles, Coltrane, um, something that'll throw a lot of people off is the Crusaders. There was a, a group out of Houston with Joe Sample. I don't know if you're okay. out of Third War, TSU. Um, so that's one of my that's TSU. One of my I went to Texas Southern for a year. Yeah, that's what you know. Joe Sample and all those guys. I think a lot of them got their start at TSU, and then as they formed the band, I think they left and went to California. But um, yeah, so that's one of you know when you talk about like legacy jazz musicians, that's my favorite. Um, current, you know, favorites: Robert Glasper, Harris Martin, Kamasi Washington. You know. All of those, those guys, those are my, you know, and then uh, there's a, there's a few that are kind of like why I really started jazz group to get some of these artists that are like, you know, on the outskirts, people not really looking at like Diggs, Duke, uh, Darryl, yeah. classic album by Darryl Reeves back in about 2013, uh, Mercury, you know, just, you know, a lot of these musicians, they don't get the mainstream press. So when I started jazz groupies, it was my attempt to give these guys a platform, you know, that that don't have one. And if they do have one, it's um, it's not by people that look, look like me. I feel like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let me let me ask you a question. So, you know, as far as placements, that's a whole nother ball game of something that we would like to do as well when we have like another another one of these Zoom interviews because mm -hmm. so many artists don't know how to even get started with placements. Where do they go? What's that route like? And can you briefly explain to, you know, the people that may be watching that are curious on how you started the placements? You know, where did you, how did you start off and what is the end game and the end result they should be looking for? Yeah, it's crazy, man. I started off and, you know, I started off, I mean, since I was 14, I wanted to make beats. So I, you know, when I graduated college, I mean, graduated high school, I went to a, um, a, like a music school in Dallas, a community college. And, um, just started networking, man. I think the power of networking, and I'm not talking about posting on Instagram, actually, you know, calling so people when you don't street. need them. Yeah, calling people when you don't need them and just checking yeah. up and just staying in the, in the loop with a lot of cats. So as I started getting out there, people started, you know, hearing about me, people that I grew up with that, you know, had moved on to Houston and managed different artists. So I got my start at a small record label called um, uh, Black, uh, Black Angel, Black Angel Productions. And I was basically an intern. I mean, it was I was an intern. It was a um, a guy from my neighborhood that found out I made beats, and he said, "Man, why don't you come to Houston?" Um, I was in college, so I would drive to Houston, you know, about three or four times a week, and I would just watch this producer work. Um, I I wasn't really I was making beats with a keyboard at home, but I hadn't done anything major then. So I would just really sit and just watch this guy work. I would go get you know tacos for him. Um, he would show me how to engineer, show me how to use the MPC drum machine. And yeah. from there, you know, like I watched him get a Whitney Houston placement. You know, I watched him, oh, wow. you know, record a reference track for Whitney Houston. I actually, he showed me how to engineer to record while recording a reference track that ended up being a Whitney Houston placement. Um, and from there, I just, I just started networking, man. And, and, and it was a it was a little bit different era because when I started it was you know right on the verge of like where MySpace was really mm, popping yeah. and Facebook there was no Instagram so you had to you know pick up the phone you had to yeah. be at the studio you know Dialogue. you had to be present yeah so so I was just honestly I was a person that was just present I would I had an opportunity to to be in the midst of a producer and I just stayed there like whenever he said come come through 
I just come and watch. I'm, I'm talking about 12 hours, man. I'm not mm. trying to let him hear no beats or nothing. I'm just watching this man work and just soaking it up, you know? And he lived yeah. at the studio. And one of the greatest producers I've, I've ever, Muhammad 2G, he was my mentor, one of the greatest producers. Um, I don't know if you, you went to TSU, so you may have heard the song, Don't You Go Nowhere. Yes. But that was Muhammad 2G, and he was yeah, basically I, I my that. first mentor. Yeah, yeah. So oh, that crazy. was Muhammad 2G. He's from Beaumont. And uh, I, 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 he, he was from Beaumont uh, about, I may be eight years older than me. I knew of him, but I had never met him until, you know, 20 years later. So right, right, um, right, right. I was there when H-Town was out, the group H-Town. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I remember H-Town, man. Yeah, so, yeah. And then, of course, Destiny's Child took off after that, and the rest is history. But um, Yeah, I was, uh, I was it's crazy. I was I was on the freeway when Dino got in that, that accident, accident and passed away. Right. I remember sitting in traffic right after that happened, and I found oh, out the wow. next day I was sitting in traffic because that accident had just happened. It's crazy. Okay, yeah, that so was crazy. Dino I mean, was they never... the lead singer, right? Yeah, that was yeah. He was who, yeah, yeah, he got in a car accident. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and they all they were talking about. I had read on, read on some uh, blog that they were gonna try to get back the group back together. Yep. Think, but it just never, you know, it never panned yeah, out. I think they were. Yeah. Oh wow. But I, I do want I do want to piggyback off at you know the beginning of how you started and learned. But as of like in the new wave of what's happening today. Like, what advice would you have on where artists should go to try to get placements? Or is that something that you still currently do? Or are you just more focused on your, your you know? So, your I'll, so, so I'll tell you, this may, this, this, my, my avenue is a little bit different, but I think it, it really will be helpful for more pro producers. Okay. So my, when I started Jazz Groupies making the tracks again and putting out albums, I looked at it like this. Back in the day when I first started as a producer, you know, you'd always give out beat tapes. And I said, you know, if I'm a producer, why don't I create a brand, which is jazz groupies, it just happened to evolve into that. And you put out your own albums. Mm -hmm. And your albums are your beat tapes. They are your, they are your resume. They are how you get placements. And it worked for me because after I put out, you know, I put out Melanizance, I put out a bunch of EPs and then uh, Melanizance 2. Purple Sacks. This 2020, after two, th- after two years, I mean, it took me two years of, you know, getting back into the game. I, I mean, saxophonists are calling me up, trumpeters are calling me up. My yeah. biggest fan base is in South Africa. And I would have told you 10 years ago, you told me I would be doing deep house and um, soulful house music. I would have I would have thought something was wrong with you and and that's what I'm doing now is placements with South African artists working on house music. Wow. But so so I tell artists man, you know, create your own lane as far as, you know, if you got 100 beats, you're going to sell probably or sell or place. I say every 100 beats you're going to probably place 10. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's almost how it works, you know, wow. unless you you yeah. know don't don't make a lot of tracks, but so take them other beats that no one is probably going to use or you're going to sit on for five or six years or sitting in your drive, put them out, you know, start you, you create a brand. I think now in today's environment, people, you know, kind of gravitate to brands, you know, yeah. a, a producer that's got a brand, an artist that's got a brand, collaborate with, um, with products, you know, I collaborate with a lot of like independent, you know, candle makers, um, you know, t-shirt makers, whatever, you know, yeah, like just sure. collaborate yeah. outside yeah. of just selling beats. 
because selling beats right now, you know, yeah, you can do it, but create like several multiple layers of, of income. There you that's, go. That's you awesome. Go. That's good. That's and good. Now you, you brought up something that I was even going to ask you about. You know, you talked about some of the albums that you've already come out with. Your latest EP, Evolve, which, you know, came it's out. Short. <laughs> it, it, it's short, but I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love yeah, it, my I, brother. I Great job. You said it. I specifically talked about it. I, laughed, you, did, I heard you. I was did, laughing yeah. because, because, yeah, did, because, you know why? Because a lot of, I get a lot of DMs about that. They be like, man, man, you need to make some longer songs, man. Why that song was a minute, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. was. I mean, I even talked about it in the, uh, um, each one of us kind of grabbed publications and started writing on it. Uh, Francis wrote a little bit on it and then I kind of filled in as well. And my take, I, I try to give like, I'm not like a Charlemagne the guy kind of trying to turn people off. No, but I try to give it from the point of view as a real fan of what I was listening to. I was like, okay, this sounds good, but it was it was over so fast, and I was really enjoying it. All yeah, everything kinda... sounds like the intro with it, the intro with the woman calling. It sounds like is that your mother? That's, that's my mom. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so mom. she's and that's and you know from the south, have a southern mother. It sounds <laughs> like it was my mother on the phone. And saying the same, so proud of you, boy. You sound good. I'm listening to it, and that's the kind of support. So I, it really hit home for me, cause I, but I was like, I gotta hear more of that, cause it was so good. It really was. So I, so I'm gonna let you. I'm sorry I interrupted your question, bro. Um, no, but, you're fine. You know, it's kind of it's kind of my uh, philosophy that in today's generation, people don't like long songs. You know, people yeah, don't. You know, people, like, we have short attention spans. So, like, think about it. Like, if you get an out, very few albums that you get with 20 songs, you're pro probably going to like five of them. Mm -hmm. Five are probably going to be your favorite. You're going to find, uh, every now and then, you're going to find, like, you know, a Jay-Z classic album or a J. Cole album where you can just listen to, to the whole album. So my thing is, especially what I'm doing, I'm doing something where I'm, I have a very niche market. Uh, yeah. So, it makes so, sense. So yeah. I say, you know, I want to put something out that's going to make them want more. <laughs> you got me. Instead, awesome. of, instead, of, instead of boring people with a 20-song album where they're probably going to like two or three of them because I'm such a, a new artist and, you know, a lot of people don't know about me yet. So I want to keep putting out EPs because I also want to show the different styles that I can produce mm -hmm. you know right. and each each album you, I heard you mention how they all have different album covers um definitely incognito I mean that's part of it where I think you know the mystery of jazz was one of the things that really like you know you know everybody said how you know mysterious are um unique like Coltrane Look, it, it's and funny you bring Monk, that up not, not to cut you off but I I was telling him before I know what you today I said we finally get to see I'll what they look like <laughs> hey, and, and, and that's the first and, he said he goes he said are you excited for this interview i was like yeah he goes now we finally get to see who they look like who they hey, are i laughed so, out loud when yeah. you said that you know and the crazy thing is and like the other part about jazz groupies that a lot of people find out and it's so interesting i was telling you how interested it is because what i do is so i create the track i have i create the foundation on my MPC drum machine, um, usually sample-based. Uh, a lot of times I may have a melody and I'll reach out to a, a musician to play it. Um, I'm not a, I played trumpet in, um, in high school and middle school, but I'm not a musician. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a creator, I'm a beat maker yeah. at the end of the day. Uh, and I, I don't try to overstep that boundary. 
But yeah. what I do is my production style is I reach out to uh, different artists. Um, so my my pianist that I've mainly used, he lives in Thailand. Wow. You know, uh, my 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 bass player, he lives in Philly. My saxophonist, he lives in Houston, Stephen Richard. Um, crazy. I have a network of musicians that I use, and I use a website called Fiverr. I always tell producers man that want to like get that full if you're not a real uh musician you want to get piano stuff i go to fiverr and a lot of work for hire musicians fiverr. and this is how i create my songs most of these albums you'll hear one of my songs and you'll have you know a guy in thailand a guy in philly a guy in houston and then me all on one track and then i may have a singer from south africa on that track wow. <laughs> you know wow. so okay. that's jazz groupies it's a virtual band um, and I don't have, you know, probably Stephen Richard, saxophonist out of Houston, amazing. Best saxophonist I know. He's probably the one guy that I, that outside of like Fiverr that I know in real life, that's my main collaborator as far as, you know, musicians. Um, and then I got a, my, my pianist that I use in Thailand. Um, he is also one of my second probably most collaborators, but that's the jazz groupie sound. All the songs you hear, they are multiple musicians all across the world on one song. That's amazing. You know? That's cool. <laughs> yeah. That's so, amazing. and I, and I tell a lot of like producers, you know, because most beat makers, you know, you got some, you know, like you, you got some amazing musicians that are beat makers and, um, you know, musicians, but you have that, like I mentioned, ski beats, the ninth wonders of the world that are amazing beat makers. And that's what we do. And so, I wanted to have a fuller sound and add live music on top of it, but right. still keep it hip hop, still keep it soul, still keep it modern and still like cutting edge and pushing the envelope. My thing is pushing the envelope, man. I want to piss people there off. There you go. No, <laughs> you pissed me off. I said, nigga, what the rest of this album? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. No, yeah, but, sure. but like, you know, I, I'm always thinking like the, the jazz purists, purists and the people. I remember being at a Robert right. Glasper show back in like 2014, right after Black Radio. Mm -hmm. And I saw um, they Classic. were playing at the Chicago Jazz Fest. Yeah. And they were, they were at the Chicago Jazz Fest. And I was a, it was a lady sitting behind me. And the whole time she was just like this, like, that's not jazz. That's not jazz. <laughs> That's so not jazz. She, she's like into like the Lee Morgans and things like that, huh? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, that's, but that's, yeah. The, yeah. that's the biggest problem with jazz and that's the biggest problem almost, you know, how, you know, we talk about just our culture in general is that right. at some point we got to be okay with letting go of the past right. and stepping out there and, and growing. Because if you go to a, you know, Robert Glasper says it all the time, when I go to a jazz club, there's nothing in that jazz club that will make a, 18 year old want to come here mm -hmm. you know when you walk in it looks like he said when you walk in it looks like a museum there's a bunch of dead people on the wall you know right so so what are we gonna do to get the next generation involved and what are we gonna do to make the music you know continue to live on or are we just yeah. gonna keep wow. thinking about the musicians that lived 100 years ago yeah. i think it's yeah, so funny that you bring that up because for me i i think the people that got to move the next generation for my generation was a tribe called Quest. Those are the first guys for me yes. that I, I heard a lot of jazz influence in their music, but it was still hip hop. So you were just like, yes. man, yes. what are these sounds? Where are these horns coming from? You know, electric relaxation, right. like nothing mm -hmm. sounds like this, you know? So I, I think it's really cool that you bring yeah. that up. And um, I want to ask you, so as far as like 
collaborations, like what's the dream collaboration that you would say, yo, this is the one. Like I would love to collaborate with. Man, like as far as musicians, of course, it'll be, you know, that whole Robert Glasper, um, you know. We gotta hit, we gotta hit Robert up. Yeah. Yeah, Robert, Robert Robert's Glasper, the man. You know, his dad, it's funny, uh, the one time I really like talked to him after a show, um, his dad is from Beaumont, he told me. But, um, and, but anyway, look, yeah, that was crazy. That's kind of how we kind of sparked up a conversation. Cause I was like, I was like, man, cause I, I went to a show in St. Louis. I flew out to a show in St. Louis. I was, man, I come all the way from, from Beaumont, man, to see you. And say, I was just messing with him. He was like, man, my dad from Beaumont. So oh, wow. yeah, like, you know, people like Robert Glass would have been a dream, dream collaborator. But, um, but I think right now, honestly, I'll tell you like, the musicians that I'm working with now, like they're they're not household names, but they are my dream collaborations, yeah. you know, because I look up to musicians. So like Steven Richard, you know, like for me, he reached out to me and um, you know, this guy played with Grover Washington Jr. But oh. he reached out to me to to do a whole album just with my beats. He's like, I've never you I've never worked on an album with anybody besides real musicians, but I like this sound and I wanna yeah. I want to be a part of like pushing the culture forward. And, um, and so like, that's the dream, you know, for these kind of artists that are true musicians that say, Hey, I, I like what you're doing. I like pushing the envelope too. I just didn't know how to do it. Or I just didn't have the platform to do it. Let's do it. So, you know, I'm, I'm working on a, um, a, a joint collaboration with um, uh, Saul Matteo, a um, jazz uh, musician from South Africa. Um, Oscar Imbo, yeah. he's one of the biggest house musicians, our DJs, producers in wow. South Africa. He reached out to me to do an entire album together. Those are dreams to me because I would have never, ever in my you know wildest dreams thought, hey, I'm gonna work on a, a house and jazz album with a guy in South Africa. You know? Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you're really the second jazz influenced artist that we've had on our show because we had an artist by Nate Myers on the show uh, in Atlanta. Um, so he was on the show and he plays saxophone, a great musician. So, you know, that's who we are. We're just so inspired by that kind of music. You know, we, it, for us, it doesn't matter the amount of, uh, you have records really that important because you really can't measure, um, you know, anybody's talent, you know, that can't be measurable on a scale of, uh, you know, streams exactly. and things like that. Yeah, so, exactly. you know, so, you know, that's why we love to have you on the, sh on the show because we were fans and we put you on the top 10 for a reason. We thought it was good enough that, hey, you have to check out Jazz Groupies. So, you know, we really appreciate yeah, man, you know, I your work and effort. Appreciate you guys, man. 2020, yeah. like the, the pandemic and everything is like been a blessing because, you know, I, I started um, putting IG ads out. I mean, I, my following was kind of, I say mediocre before, 2020 and the pandemic and yeah. I started putting out some IG ads early probably March yeah. in different countries and just kind of I said you know a lot of people are probably at home and listening to music and uh that's when I started getting all this exposure this year so yeah it's a it's it's, it's a blessing man you know so appreciate it before we get out of here let everybody know what your handles are how they can get in touch with you and so forth yeah, man. Uh, so jazzgroupies.com is my uh, main website. Uh, I usually uh, have merchandise on there. Um, 
haven't really updated a lot as far as album stuff. It's still there just to see what I'm all about. Um, There's a lot of the jazz culture things that um, that I'm really okay. interested in outside of just being a musician on there. Okay. Um, IG, everything is, you know, at Jazz Groupies, IG, um, Facebook, Jazz Groupies, uh, all that backslash Jazz Groupies, Twitter, everything is backslash Jazz yeah, we're gonna have it right um, on here. We'll, we'll have it so, all. Yeah, we got you covered. Yeah, and um, you know, album and stories right now evolve. My latest CP um, released a month ago, and my next album, uh, Red Sex, it's a follow up to my um, my Purple Sex EP, which was a uh, Purple Sex 2018. 2018 was Purple Sex. Yeah, Purple yeah. Sex, and so um, Red Sex is a follow up to that. So Purple Sex was basically a Houston jazz collaboration. I thought no one had ever done that and, and got like Big Pokey, uh, Killer Callion on yes. jazz samples, you know. He was, he was so I thought I thought Houston that was '96. Yeah, yeah. So I thought I love that was cool. As well. I'm sorry, what was that? I cut you off, bro. No, it's okay. I love the track Hallelujah on Purple Sax as well. Man, yeah, thank you, man. Um, so uh, you know, I thought that was a concept I had never heard of mixing Houston culture with jazz. So Red Sax is the follow-up to that album. Now, I'm not going to do any features. Um, I wanted to really show what I do as far as, you know, uh, my creativity and not have the features really take away from what I'm trying to trying to get across. So, um, but it's going to be more of Texas and Louisiana-influenced songs. You'll have, you'll have some, you know, I'm mixing bounce music. I'm mixing bounce music with jazz, things oh, like that. Gonna, so I wanted to like like a fifth world fifth world yeah, weebie in there. Yeah, so, okay, absolutely, absolutely. Josephine, Johnny, yeah, Lord I got, have mercy. I got a song yeah, okay. called "Hot Boy Miles." My son's Ooh, name is Miles. Hot Boy Ronald. Hot yeah. Boy Ronald. Hey. So, so my son's my son's his name is Miles. He's one years old. He's Miles. His name is Miles. And um, so he always does this little walk, and I always say, "Man, he look like he, you know, doing like the Hot Boy Ronald." You know, so. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, I started yeah, calling yeah. Hot Boy Miles, so we made a song called. I got a song called Hot Boy Miles with like it's got a you know New Orleans influence, but it's still jazz and still smooth. Oh, so I, I thought you know I try to do things like merge cultures that I never really you never hear like bounce music yeah. and jazz put together. You know, yeah, that's a good concept. That's awesome. So, you, but you, this is all way off topic. But you heard of the Percolator, right? Yes, absolutely. Oh yeah, I remember. Time that. for the Percolator. I remember okay, that. Okay. I don't is, know. That, I, hold I'm on, sorry that, for even asking you that. Is that Yin Yang Twins? No, no, not, not no. Yin Yang Twins. This is That's okay, okay, before it's you. Way, it's okay. way back. That, that was yeah, like I, a I, Chicago I remember, thing, yeah. I want to say. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I thought, I know Yin Yang Twins used to mention it too. Oh, yeah, they did. They mentioned it. But, man, you know, we're just so fortunate. We're grateful. We're honored to have you on today. Um, remember, you're always family to us. Whenever Red, Sa Red Sax is completed, you're more than welcome to come out and, and talk to us about it. You know, and um, thank you for joining us today on Luminary Sounds. Jazz Groupies, we'll be in touch, my man. It was a pleasure. Appreciate it, man. All right, man. Appreciate, Appreciate it, man. Jazz Groupies, man. Y'all go check out, check out Evolve. Peace out, brother. Peace out, man. Peace out. All right, man. Thank you. Yep. Yeah.